Hello everyone, and we are back. The holiday season is approaching, and for the month of December, we are taking a look at Christmas films. Now, we're only going to have two lined up for the month of December, but we assure you, we have chosen some good ones. I'm Dominic. I'm Jonathan. And today, we are looking at the 1947 Christmas classic, Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, we have a, actually haven't actually seen this film before, so this is the first time we actually seen this Christmas classic, which is kind of crazy because I always hear like really good things about this. Yeah, me too. I feel like we should have watched this a long time ago, and it's crazy that we have just gotten to it now. Yeah, I know it's it's absolutely insane that we just watched it for the first time. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert: It's good. Yes. <laughs> So this film was directed by George Seaton uh, with a release date of May 2nd, 1947. Had a runtime of one hour and 41 minutes and the genre is a Christmas comedy drama. It stars Maureen O'Hara, John Payne, Natalie Wood, and Edmund Gwynn. The summary for A Miracle on 34th Street is the following. In this Christmas classic, an old man going by the name of Chris Kringle fills in for an intoxicated Santa in Macy's annual Thanksgiving Day Parade. Kringle proves to be such a hit that he is soon appearing regularly at the chain's main store in Midtown Manhattan. When Kringle surprises customers and employees alike by claiming that he is really Santa Claus, it leads to a court case to determine his mental health and, more importantly, his authenticity. I was honestly surprised by the way the film started. Yeah, during Thanksgiving, which is uh, kind of different for a Christmas film. Yeah, I was like, oh, we're starting here around Thanksgiving time, or on the day of Thanksgiving, actually. Yeah. Especially with uh, the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade being present. Yeah. Because, uh, again, like such a, I don't know, a, a big sponsorship, I guess, for Macy's to be in the the film. You don't usually see... In Christmas films now, because, you know, they just uh, ride out with some other fictional store of some case. Right. But in this one, they had Macy's, which everybody knows at this point. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy to, uh, you know, have in this film. I thought it was a little ironic, too, because I feel like the whole plot of the film is the fact that Christmas is kind of becoming commercialized. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the movie, you know, sponsors Macy's. In the movie, it's commercialized already. So just a little weird that they were yeah. kind of arguing against the point, but then they sponsored it in the film. But, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> it's, uh, to my surprise, this film was like a, almost as if it's like a satire in some way. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. the, the comedy is very much like uh, bold, I guess, for what I assume for either like today or of that time. Right. Which is kind of like... uh Oh, wow, because they, they took some, like, uh, heavy shots at, like, uh, certain, you know, world problems slash issues or just, you know, pe- what people think at a different way. I don't know. It was very, like, uh, I'll give you some examples, you know, right now. Like, when they were talking about, you know, keeping Santa Claus or whatnot during uh, later in the film, uh, they made, like, a jab of, like, Washington, for example, you know, yeah. like... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you're not Washington crazy, you know, something like that. You know, it's like 
people nowadays kind of like are suspicious of the government. But like at that point, I would have, you know, never thought that. Right. You know, in, back in uh, 1947. So for them to like uh, even have that there already is kind of like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of funny. I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't assume for that type of level of uh, uh, pointing out, you know. Yeah, I think it was interesting to see. And I already had I already knew this, but I was interesting to see that they were making those same points that we can still apply to our own world today in 2020. Right. So like there's even another one where, um, for example, like uh, when later in the film, when uh, the Santa Claus is uh, pointing out to other people. customers that oh you should go to this store you know mm-hmm. to this store instead of buying it at macy's mm-hmm. and then it kind of sh- made fun of macy's because you know they eventually like like that marketing uh strategy strategy but in the same way it's kind of like uh showing that these big companies only cared about this great marketing uh strategy only because it helped them in the end rather right. than you know actually helping the customer they're like okay we like this appearance hmm. so in, in in this is like a real strategy right but it's kind of made fun of those companies in that realm too which again for macy's to actually be a part of i would assume at like this point in time they were like oh don't put me in this uh this film for so for 47 that's kind of crazy too yeah i mean i think it was just interesting because the Obviously, both sides of the different companies were kind of just scrambling and they were saying, oh, let's do this and let's do that. Oh, and if they're going to take a jab at us, we're going to take a jab at them. And I think, yeah, that was kind of like that satire of the of the industry in a way. And they were kind of making them look like fools and but also like shedding light on what probably their strategies were then and what they are now. But also, uh, one more, one more example. Also, with the end of uh, like with the court case and like the post office, for example, uh-huh. uh, just in those uh, how it went down, and you know, behind the scenes, uh, behind the scenes, uh, I guess tampering of some sort. I guess they also gave some sort of uh, different viewpoint on just how our uh, judicial system is put in place and like even our post office and such and again for 47 it's something you don't see with all these uh, satires it's something that reminds me of like uh like the simpsons for example early simpsons where they would uh point out certain things that uh are kind of like bold and brave for the time yeah i definitely picked up on those things too and it was enjoyable to watch and um listen to but before let's take a step back let's go back to the beginning i really did like how we i guess like we were introduced to santa real early and i didn't expect that i thought he was going to come in later in the film for whatever reason uh but seeing him go to the that first shop and he's pointing out that the the storekeeper who's like arranging for the holiday season and i just thought it was a little it was very lighthearted that moment when Santa comes in and he's telling them that you've made a mistake on placing the reindeer. And I didn't expect that at all, that it was just so fast. And for whatever reason in my mind, I thought we were going to see him much later. 
Yeah, I liked uh, when he was introduced in the opening shot because you saw this camera following him through New York. And uh, it was placed with like the, the title sequence, you know, like uh, who directed this and uh, giving all the credits out. So it was interesting to see just this camera following him through, you know, real time New York. And then eventually just stopping at this uh, this store where they're, um, you know, uh, decorating for Christmas. And yeah, it was, it was a neat introduction to like, okay, this is the the Santa Claus of the film. And um, basically we're supposed to believe that he's the one and true Santa Claus. You right. know, he was, he would know, you know, which reindeer would be placed in this section, even though they looked entirely the same. Right, exactly. I think what played it up even better uh, for just like the effect of the story and for the film is that this guy really does look like Santa Claus. And I feel like... Yeah, he had a good look. Yeah, I feel like for probably a majority of people who are familiar with the film, they probably think that, yeah, that's how Santa Claus looks like. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Yeah, and... uh, Yeah, and I was just surprised that we were... We started in the Thanksgiving... The Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. And we're kind of seeing like a behind the scenes of how things are ran, which is interesting. I don't know if... It seemed like the the main character Doris was like the uh, basically just the one running where everyone was going to be and where everyone needed to be placed. Yeah, it looked like she was in control of the whole uh, parade and the structure of it. It was cool though to like see the you know how it was like in you know the forties or whatnot to do the parade because mm-hmm. this parade is still going on you know in twenty twenty you know right. Even with the pandemic, you know, there's some form of this Macy's Thanksgiving parade. So to see this at like, uh, I guess a smaller scale, you know, or just to see like, oh man, this is a, this is a big thing that's been around for, you know, generations. It's kind of cool to just see, um, you know, just how it was done and uh, what, how far it's came. Yeah. And I was also interested to see when we were introduced to Doris's daughter and uh, Mr. Gailey, if that, I believe that was his name. And she had a really, she had a different attitude than what I was expecting from a little girl in a Christmas movie. Cause I feel yeah. like for the most part, you see any kind of uh, children and they're always obsessed with the idea of Santa and the fact that the kid was, you know, basically taught that, these fairy tales don't exist because the mother believes in such things or doesn't believe in such things. Um, it translated to the daughter as well. And it was just interesting to see that, you know, she wasn't, she didn't really believe in Santa. She sees everything very realistically because the mother has taught her to look at everything in that way. And it was funny to see that Mr. Gailey was trying to provide some kind of, you know, uh, like, I guess, I, what I noticed from him is that he could, he was saying in his mind that this is no way for a child to think, right? And that she, they should be lost in this imaginary world or believe in people like Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she didn't, it made it that much harder for him to communicate with her in that way. Yeah, because he, he seemed like under the viewpoint where uh, she seemed too grown up for her age. Like you oh, can, yeah. you can, uh, you know, brush these things off later in life when you grow up, right? Mm-hmm. At this point, you're supposed to be. Uh, imaginative and uh you know i guess have some sort of i guess innocence in the in that world you know like right. oh you know you'll right. believe in whatever and 
I guess, you know, for, for him, it was like, oh, it's kind of, you know, off-putting and, uh, it's like, uh, you know, you haven't heard of these situations before and it was, it put him in a weird spot and, yeah, it also, when, you know, just watching this, it also put me in a weird spot, like, yeah, she's, she's, uh, as a kid, you know, you know, you're captured in this, oh, it's Santa or Christmas and yeah, exactly. whatever, you know, you can name it. And for this kid to just be like, oh, playing is kind of like, kind of makes you sad in some ways, but in other ways, like, oh, I guess she is prepared, but like, I don't know, you know, it's, it's this, uh, this talk that you can, uh, have with your own kids and basically come to some sort of, uh, conclusion. Right. Um, yeah. And, and as we, as we know, this is, or actually we didn't know, I really didn't expect that this movie would fall within like that comedy, uh, line. Right. I, I always felt like that there was as much, I always felt like this movie was much more serious for whatever reason. I don't know why that was just the conceptions that I've had. Maybe because it's an older, an older movie. So like, uh, I don't know. Comedy is kind of different when it comes to older types of films. Sure. But it was interesting to see that it was very funny. And, uh, especially with the, uh, uh, Julian Shellhammer character, uh, the boss of Doris, Mm -hmm. uh, or yeah, I believe it was her. No, I don't know if they're the, or was it just coworkers? I think the other coworkers. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he was hilarious. He was so funny, and uh, I, I feel like in, in a lot of ways he was almost like the uh, apart from the main characters, right? He was just like a uh, a really good um, like secondary character that just really made you laugh. Yeah, because like how he acted towards stuff, and just like uh, I think the moment when uh, this is like later on when they ask, "Oh, where's the Santa gonna go?" or whatnot. And he talks about, oh, I'm going to have my, I'm going to ask my wife and make sure that uh, she's uh, plastered. Oh, wait, no, you know, someone else. <laughs> and I don't know, yeah. it was, that was hilarious because he would drop some, you know, just funny lines. And uh, yeah, it was interesting for, he was like that comedic character where I was like, oh, okay, this guy is uh, a somewhat, you know, he just goes with the flow, but. You know. Right. I, I feel like, but he also likes plans, you know, I I feel like it really started when. Um, you know, they had to replace the Santa and then, you know, the real Chris Kringle, the real Santa Claus had to replace the Santa that was, uh, drinking on the job. Yeah. That and, was, that was funny too. Just to, just to stop right here where, uh, they replaced the, the other original Santa, I guess that they had, uh, hired, you know, this Santa was, uh, just, uh, drinking on the, on the, on the flow. And it's kind of just like weird. Cause he was even funny just for that, that moment. You know, where, oh, it's like, how am I supposed to keep warm or whatnot? Yeah, exactly. It's like this, uh, I don't know, this this weird, I don't know, because you wouldn't expect to see Santa perform like that. And it's kind of like funny to see like a drunken Santa. Right. And then, you know, eventually they had to like, uh, uh, you know, hire the the actual quote unquote Chris Kringle. Yeah. And I think that Shellhammer was very, uh, you know, he really liked seeing that the new Santa was doing such a good job and everything. And he wanted to learn a little bit more about him and was asking Doris, you know, where'd you find him and whatnot. But I thought it was really funny when he finally does meet him and he gives him pointers on how to act as Santa because he's hired him to, um, me with kids and, and Macy's inside Macy's. And I thought it was funny when he was trying to give the Santa, the real Santa Claus pointers on how to act. And when he was 
going to just uh, check up on him when the Santa was like, you know, visiting the kids and whatnot, he started hearing that uh, Santa was basically directing all of the kids and parents, of course, because they were standing right there to other department stores other mm-hmm. than Macy's. And those were the complete opposite directions that Shellhammer had given Santa. And I thought that was just funny because he was, he was confused and he didn't understand. He's yeah. like, what's going on here? Who did I just hire? He was about to stop it. But then, you know, eventually when, uh, Mr. Macy came, you know, he's like, Oh no, this is really, you know, I'll take all the credit for it. Right. He's kind of like this, uh, cowardly character that is also funny and, and somewhat lighthearted, you know, they're not like really evil in some ways, but mm-hmm. they could, uh, cause some sort of trouble throughout the, the, the film. And I don't know, uh, his character was funny uh, for the most part with, with that. I guess just also with uh, just how once eventually the the Santa comes into play, you know, uh, he comes, he gets hired or whatnot. Just everybody's reactions towards who he believes, you know, he was like, oh, I'm all Chris Kringle. And uh, right. they, they see all the, the resume that he, he turns in. And even that, you know, was kind of funny too, you know. Like, oh, I know where I'm from, and I'm from the North Pole or whatnot. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, they're trying to find proof that he is not the real Santa, that he's not Santa Claus. Because, of course, anyone who's thinking logically would think, you know, he's just a guy in a suit. Yeah. He's just a guy in a costume. So the fact when they were trying to understand who he was with just reason, and they were finding out that, like, more and more that this guy is really who he says he is. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't believe it. Yeah, and it was just like confused or whatnot. Right. And it played to the comedy. It yeah. played to that effect very well. Um, I think what I, what part I really liked during that is when he basically predicted what would come next with like the mental health exam. Oh, right. And he did all the motions, you know, or whatnot. And then eventually it just cut, you know, and it came back into those exact motions that he would, he predicted he would do. And that was hilarious because it was like, oh, he knew already, and it was, it was it was like another level of uh, comedy that just added to the uh, his whole charm. Yeah, it was interesting because I felt like the movie did both, uh, giving us like a foreshot of what would happen next, but then there would also be moments when I didn't see where it would where it was going, and it was funny in that way because mm-hmm. I thought that the movie would be completely different, and then it would just kind of hitting you with these surprises, and then giving you foreshadows as to what would happen next. And I thought it did a very good job with like. Uh, going back and forth between that and just didn't expect it is all. What did you think about when Santa got closer with Doris and, you know, her daughter? What did you think was going to happen between the daughter and Santa? Uh, Basically, because it was a Christmas film, I thought everything would, you know, at the end be happily ever after. You know, oh, he'd uh, basically get it to believe in some sort of fantasy, you know, that Santa's real and uh, maybe spark some imagination to, uh, or I guess happiness to uh, her mother too. So like, yeah, I thought at the end, everything would go all well. What was interesting though, when eventually when they, you know, come in contact and, and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what threw her like this curveball is eventually, you know, he asked her, you know, like, what do you want or whatnot? He he was thinking, oh, he'd be like some sort of uh, toy pony of some sort or something, something small, right? Right. Something some little girl would want. But then she just pulls out this like uh, newspaper with uh, 
this big old house is kind of like, oh, how is Santa supposed to reduce this, you know, realistically? And uh, that was kind of like another level of like, oh, they wound up the 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 stakes, I guess. And it kind of gave this other dimension like, oh, could he actually fail or whatnot? Right. Because, you know, again, in generally in a Christmas movie, you know, everything's going to work out in the end. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it's kind of like it actually gave you some sort of like, oh, maybe he, you know. Maybe this could end up bad. <laughs> right. And then you're thinking, but he's Santa. He's Santa yeah, Claus. he's Santa, though. So it's like, he's got to figure it out somehow, but how? Right. But I almost feel like it started, I really liked their relationship because I feel like it started, as we know, um, her, the daughter, Susan, she, you know, doesn't believe in this stuff because she was taught to not believe in the fairy tales. Right. And I liked it when she kind of got glimpses of the Santa and she was a little... Because uh, she was brought by Gailey, Mr. Gailey or Fred. Um, she was brought to see him. Mm-hmm. And the more she interacted with him, uh, like kind of in secret at first, she was just trying, kind of like watching him and a little bit skeptical, even like pulling his beard, the obvious trick. Yeah. Uh, but just like inter- him interacting with Santa, interacting with other kids. And the really cool one was with that Dutch girl. And yeah. he was speaking her language. And that was very interesting when... Uh, because Susan's watching that whole thing go down and she's like starting to believe it. You can kind of see it in her eyes or she's a little bit confused because she can't quite understand it at this point. Like, mm-hmm. how is he doing this? And is he in like his, you know, he's really nice. His beard's real. He's got to be Santa or she's at least uh, getting convinced. And that's kind of what we see throughout the movie. She's slowly becoming convinced that he is uh, Santa Claus. Yeah, it was really cool to see uh, all that because, again, th- this movie would throw in challenges after challenge. And, uh, you know, you would think, that, okay, Santa can't do this part. Oh, man, you know, what's going to happen here? But eventually, you know, Santa would find some sort of way to, uh, you know, combat this or, you know, find some sort of option throughout and through other people. And, uh, you know, again, it gave the sense of, okay, because with other people's help, you know, Santa could, you know, overcome all this stuff. And mm-hmm. it gave you this sort of uh, hope to see, that, okay, what what's uh, the relationship's going to turn into. And uh, you started to really enjoy these uh, relationship dynamics and where they were going to go. And, you know, it just kept you there. Yeah, I totally agree. And I like what you're saying that, you know, the relationships kind of uh, help Santa and... Um, you like to see like where, how they develop and where they go. Like, even as I was watching through the film, I was really starting to pick up that, of course, Santa is this, you know, this magical being who, you know, is the spirit of Christmas and what it represents and everything. And Chris Kringle, everyone knows the story. I don't need to, you know, sum it up for you, but, um, it was interesting to see that with this take of Santa and miracle, it felt like it was more, of the people creating their own like Christmas and their own like uh, special moments. And it was really Santa just kind of giving them a little bit of a push. Right. And it was, and that was like really all it took. And it's almost like people weren't exactly realizing that it was coming from them all along. And it's like Santa was just trying to remind them. Yeah. Remind them. Um, Because like when Santa started working for Macy's, I love that the the relationship between 
uh, Santa and Alfred, right? Yeah, Alfred. And it was such like they just hit it off so well, you yeah, know, in yeah. the in that beginning conversation. And you know, it's because they had that relationship between Alfred liked to pretend to be Santa. And it's weird because Alfred never questioned him at all for yeah. him being Santa or having that conversation or any kind of doubt as to who this person may be. And he just believed him. And, um, yeah, I guess it was just interesting to see that these characters had it in them throughout the entire film. I just think that they forgot and Santa was there to remind them of all of that. Even with the kind of the not so good characters, like, uh, that psychiatrist who works at Macy's Sawyer, I believe. Yeah. Sawyer. And I was just kind of like, uh, you know, Santa was just trying to be good with this guy and, uh, you know, sorry for just being a terrible, awful human being. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my gosh. It's like, I don't know. It was interesting to see that even with the bad relationships, Santa was still trying to give something to all the characters, even when they didn't exactly want it, like Sawyer. Right. Like, uh, I think whenever he came into contact with any character throughout the, the movie, they sort of changed in some way. And I actually thought that, uh, uh, Sawyer would actually change faster than what actually happened. Mm-hmm. I thought, uh, oh, he he uh, he turned good during the first uh, their first meeting. But what surprised me was that uh, he actually became or like he doubled down on, oh, you, you know, this guy's crazy or whatnot, and you know, you should get rid of him, stuff like that. I was like, I thought uh, Santa would, you know, immediately fix him. I guess for some reason. Me too. And. Uh, that didn't happen, and I guess uh, it also gave us, like, okay, so, you know, again, where is this going and how is this going to be implemented? Because, obviously, I didn't, I didn't think we'd seen the last of him, you know? Right. It was another element of this, um, kind of like the adding to the drama of Ken Santa, like how you were saying with uh, how Susan wanted the house for Christmas, and, th- and then the issue with Santa and Sawyer, it was like... Can he help him too? Yeah, can he help him? Yeah. Because it almost seemed like he wasn't going to be able to, especially at the point when he hit him with his uh, with his cane or yeah, his, yeah, his umbrella. Yep. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't think uh, Santa would turn quote unquote violent. <laughs> I don't I don't want to consider violence, but... He took aim and he hit him. <laughs> yeah, he hit him with it. But like, it was one of those um, relationships that you were thinking to yourself throughout the movie, could he actually help him? Because it didn't seem like he would be able to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm actually surprised they actually went uh, the quote-unquote violent route where he actually hit him. I was surprised that. I thought, it was like, oh, uh, they'll have some other, others, you know, battle of some sort, right? But I didn't expect him to actually hit him. And just how I went down were, okay, because he hit me, you know, this whole court case would happen and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would escalate that far watching it nor did i and uh it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see just where everyone went uh throughout that and uh yeah i don't know it was uh it was different i guess uh just to see you for the first time right and it was interesting too because throughout the beginning of the film doris isn't too fond of chris kringle slash santa claus Mm -hmm. and it was nice to see the progression that uh and, and i feel like it happened uh, pretty quickly too, that she was just starting to develop more of a good working relationship with him, and 
wanted to keep him around too because you know in the beginning she wanted to just get rid of the guy right and as we move throughout the course of the film santa was becoming much more of a uh, important part to uh her and susan yeah um i liked how everyone's relationship kind of developed along with you know santa and uh just everybody in general and you, yeah, you could tell that uh, he became more important as, you know, with uh, Susan, for example. So, so Doris found more, uh, you know, oh, okay, this guy is pretty helpful and uh, mm. she he makes, you know, her daughter happy. And, uh, you know, I guess, you know, eventually, you know, it's just like, okay, this guy isn't too bad after all. Right. And I like how even uh, Fred's character, I like how he didn't even question who he was either. I feel like he was just kind of rolling along with it and he was open to the fact of, hey, come stay in my place. Like I got I've got an extra bed. You can come and uh uh you know hang out in my apartment. Mm-hmm. And um they've formed a like a special bond too yeah, yeah. quickly. And I really liked the bond between them. I don't know I don't know what it was. It just kind of like clicked and um it was enjoyable watching that. Yeah, again, everybody's uh, relationship grew, and uh, yeah, you couldn't help but just wonder, like, okay, where are they going to go now, and uh, how is it going to evolve, and are people going to be, you know, thinking he's crazy because, oh, he says he's Hannah, you know, because, again, uh, most people would be like, you know, who are you, or what are you, what's wrong with you, Exactly, like, are you sane? Yeah, and... Every, you know, throughout the film, it just gets uh, better and better, and you just want to watch more and more. Yeah, and um, going back to the drama of Miracle on 34th Street, we move in to, uh, uh, like, that court case. It happens after the fact that, uh, you know, um, Santa hits Sawyer with the umbrella. Hits. I put in quotation marks. And... So he had a bump, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, he did get a bump. Yeah. Um, so then it kind of starts this um, this whole other like si- uh, like subplot, and because like Santa's like in the you know the mental facility, and now there's going to be a court case. Uh, you know, there's going to be a trial on whether or not uh, Santa is who he says he is, and it was just like another another bit of like okay, now we're getting into like the courts and everything, and now there's going to be a whole trial. I really didn't think that Miracle on 34th Street would get into yeah. any of this. Yeah. And it was interesting to see that we were going down this road, and I was, and again, I was thinking to myself, is Santa going to make it out of this? How right. are we supposed to prove that, that, he's, Santa that he's Santa Claus? Yeah, it was definitely a, a very weird thing to see. Is like, okay, where are they going with this and how everybody's going to shape out and i guess it was uh interesting or yeah i guess it was interesting where he you know he's he gets rem- santa has to get also reminded the fact on you know where he his positions lies and you know what he believes in mm-hmm. just as like what he was previously doing with everybody else and seeing uh uh fred basically t- uh remind him of you know his importance and giving him this uh confidence like okay go into this trial and, you know, basically stand up for what you believe. And that was also another element that's kind of cool to see. It's like, okay, we got this, uh, Santa saying, get out of here. Yeah. It was because it's like, like 
is Santa feeling depressed? No, it was just, it was strange a little bit. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was really, uh, it was great that uh, Fred was going to him and just reminding him, be, uh, like, you know, who he is. He's Chris Kringle. He's Santa Claus. And yeah, that was a really good moment. What I liked also about, like, when we go into this court case is just how everybody outside the court case, their reactions to it. Like when we saw other families and like react to, oh, you put uh, Santa on court or on trial. Yeah. And uh, all like the kids and all, you know, the mothers being like, you know, what's wrong with you? Right. <laughs> it was hilarious to see the fact that uh, just how their reactions were to the uh, people putting them on trial and, you know, all oh, you're a bad person or whatnot. And uh, that was that was like another uh, extra comedy uh, point to put on. Eventually, we see this like all oh, this uh, really good letter Susan sends to uh, to Santa. Also, you know, reminding him like, oh, you know, we we are behind you. You know, we believe in what you are. Yeah. And uh, just to see that, that was that was another cool, uh, cool, cool, neat thing to also see Doris. You know, eventually uh, change and say, oh yeah, I I believe you too. Right. That was a that was definitely her turning point, and. You know, actually uh, giving him a chance and actually believing in the guy. And I remember when they eventually like first started because also when, you know, going behind the scenes with the judge, you know, the judge didn't know like, oh, you know, this guy's crazy probably too. But this other guy, you know, uh, comes up and says, oh, you know, you better just, you know, end this trial or whatnot because, you know, it's making bad uh, press and stuff like that. Right. Uh, just their reactions to when Santa eventually like goes up to the stand, you know, I was like, Oh, I'm just Chris Kringle. And they're like, how am I supposed to, you know, yeah. how am I supposed to like defend this? Uh, the judge at one point, like basically trying to help them out as much as he can. Exactly. But, you know, it's like, Oh, it's like just say, Oh, you know, that's the job he believes he's doing, you know? And uh, no, 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 no. You know, he's actually Santa. He's actually Chris Kringle. Exactly. And it's yeah. like, Oh, what are you guys doing? You know? Yeah, he was. He, I like how he was trying to give uh, them a, like a way out, and yeah. they never took it. They would just kept arguing the fact that he is Santa Claus, right? And uh, you know, throughout the stands, you know, they didn't know uh, how which way to like really go or whatnot. And eventually, it comes to the point where they need to actually prove, you know, how he's Santa. And again, that's where we go to like this dilemma: is like, how are you supposed to prove? He's Santa or whatnot. And uh, that's where, like, eventually, like, the letters come in. And uh, there's, like, a whole other point with, like, the post office, which is actually really funny. Yeah, like, with with all of this, though, um, as I was watching, I was just thinking to myself, again, I did not think the Miracle on 34th would go in this, if you see Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It felt like Mr. Smith goes to Washington-esque courtroom trial case, and I thought that was going to be filibuster. And I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. This is kind of cool. But what did you do? What did you think about like the whole scene that we ended up here uh, in the courtroom? Uh, Again, it was it was uh, weird for a Christmas movie, I would uh, say, you know. Yeah, Uh, I definitely didn't think we'd end up in this uh, this courtroom debating whether or not uh, he was Santa Claus. But again, it was kind of funny just to see uh, how everyone reacted and just how the evidence they try to bring up and like, Oh no, 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 that's it. You know, (laughs) it was definitely uh, very funny just to see how this, this court battle is happening. And, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, it worked. I didn't feel like it was like, oh, it was... Uh, Anything like too serious? No, or like uh, it uh, hurt the film in some ways. Mm-hmm. No, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining uh, when it comes to... Again, it could be just because it's, it's kind of like different in some ways yeah, for, for like yeah. a, a Christmas film. And I don't know, I, throughout the throughout it, I, I don't think I like got bored or like, oh, this is wrong or something like that. I guess, you know, you could say that, oh, it's kind of like older style, you know, 40s thing to do. But like, I don't know, that's not fair to say. Yeah, I, I think I would have to agree with you because like you, I really did enjoy seeing the reactions that the families of the opposing side uh, had um, like their their whole reactions, like the like you were saying the the wives and then the kids, and just really upset by the fact that their you know their parents are uh, like you know are basically putting Santa to trial and whether or not that that's actually Santa or not. And it was really funny being able to see all of that. And I guess like the main thing was just we're really going through this trial trying to say. If he's Santa Claus or not, it was just ridiculous. But it was, it worked though, in a, in a weird way. And um, yeah, I would say that it also didn't, it didn't like ruin anything. I thought that it was enjoyable to watch that entire time. And I really think that the the kicker was when that le- the letter started coming in to the as evidence for the um, the trial. It was hilarious. Didn't see it coming. Yeah, uh, when the post I was basically like, oh. Let's just send all these letters that we you know we're not doing anything with to to the Santa. It's kind of like uh, that was like a funny part, you know, just for like, okay, what if post office actually, you know, just does this or whatnot, and uh, they're like adding to the whole uh, theatrical right esque of you know this this court case or whatnot. And uh, I don't know, that was kind of funny just to see how they would do. And again, another like uh, sort of like jab to what like we believe in something or what we believe the post office to be or whatnot mm-hmm. because like you know uh they basically use this as evidence to like oh you know the post office wouldn't do anything you know like this or you know weird because this is who santa actually is you know they send it to the correct stuff right but this is a joke you know behind the scenes you know for the post office to do and yeah exactly i don't know it's another layer of like uh comedy maybe some sort of satire in there too or whatnot and I don't know. Uh, again, it was it was an entertaining bit to watch. Yeah, and it was really great. And I I had a feeling that um you know Santa was going to get out of this somehow. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice when he did end up winning the case uh, for being Santa. Right. And uh, that was really nice. And I was like, okay, like uh, now we can move on from this. And then we uh, ended up having that Christmas party. And there was this little like not a subtle joke, but it was really funny when. Uh, Doris invited uh, Santa to over for Christmas Eve for dinner, and um, be, oh, because the the trial ended on Christmas Eve, and she invited him over to dinner. And the fact that uh, like he looked at her with just kind of like a weird expression, and he was like, "Oh, I can't do it tonight." And she was like, "Oh, why not?" He's like, "It's Christmas Eve." Yeah, what are you like, talking about? Yeah, exactly. Like he's Santa. He's got to go and do his thing. And it was just a little like I don't know. I guess it, it wasn't really. Uh, you know, like a subtle joke or anything, but I thought it was kind of funny because, you know, now he's got to go do his job. Right. Um, but it's like, don't have like, uh, did you forget? It's like, that's the thing uh, I do. And you know, that's, uh, that's my whole job uh, throughout the whole year. Yeah, exactly. It was funny. Um, 
Yeah, then we move into that um that uh after party on the on the Christmas day, I believe. Yep. And it was really nice seeing that, you know, everyone in the like in the earlier uh bits of the film, like oh, they were getting their presents and everything, they were getting what they wanted. And then we get back into Susan and her wanting that house. And she was, of course, disappointed that what seemed like she didn't receive her house. My thought was, and I kind of, I mentioned this as we were watching the film, I was like, oh, he's going to like, uh, dangle the keys like in front of her or something. I don't know. Or he was going to pull out the keys and he was going to be like, here it is. And again, uh, coming out of like nowhere, uh, he ended up giving, uh, Fred and Doris like directions to leave the place. I knew, I knew going uh, beforehand that I had to do something with Fred to actually get the house because they he right. did tease this when uh, like earlier like he moved in into yeah, Fred's apartment earlier along. Yeah, he moved into his apartment and he kind of like uh, eyed him towards this. Oh, you should get this house and maybe you know with uh, Doris or whatnot. Yeah, and so there was like that tease where okay, if he was gonna produce uh, this house or give her that house, he need to use uh, Fred to do that. Right. So. Uh, there was that tease that okay, it has to have it has to happen with Fred. So I don't I don't think uh, he was gonna like outright just give him the house. I, I think he was gonna again uh, going along to where we were saying before, like he was pushing people towards this uh, direction. So uh, uh, I knew he had to be with Fred and Doris together to get this house. So uh, I assumed he was gonna push them further, and I guess I didn't expect them uh, just to give them this map. To yeah. okay, this this exact location. Yeah, and it, and it was really special when we finally and I think at this point, like as they were, you know, going and following this uh these directions, I already knew that oh, like we're yeah. gonna end up in the house. Yeah, yeah. But it was a nice feeling that like when we finally did, and then uh Susan just runs off and into the house and uh I you know, I guess they they end up just like taking it because oh, like we're here, it's a house just she wanted, and we might as well take it. Mm-hmm. Um it was it was funny though because in that moment when they see the cane being there because they couldn't believe that you know how did Santa or Chris Kringle how did like how did he know about this and everything and and uh, was this all like a setup and stuff and then they see the cane near the fireplace and then uh, Fred is like for the very first time is almost kind of like doubting or like I think he's like scared yeah scared so like the power <laughs> so you know right exactly Santa Claus like oh it's like. He did all this? I was like, how? <laughs> I guess the thought was he was like, he is Santa Claus. Like, I feel like in that moment, I feel like he realized that he was working with that, the actual Santa Claus yeah. this entire time. Yeah. And he was defending him in court the entire time. Yeah, because in, in some ways you could you could infer that he was like, oh, like he was trying to, uh, now like, I guess in some joking way, but you know, he, he was uh, putting his faith towards this and. I guess at this moment he realized that oh, this is really this is really, really happening, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it was funny to see like his expression. But I mean, I think in the end he was happy with it. Yeah, and so was Doris, um, and Susan, of course. She got her house and her swing, and uh, uh, everyone lives happily ever after. Yeah, yeah. So overall, how did you uh, how did you feel about the film and seeing it for your first time? I liked it. Uh, I think I'll try to watch this every Christmas now. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I uh, I guess you could like I don't know. Maybe you got to look at it with uh, a Christmas film in mind rather than I don't know if that's fair. I don't know. Like 
it comes to like you could say that some sort of scenarios were like oh uh they just ended up happening for example like the mail you know if that oh, mail sure. uh situation never happened maybe he never won the case and there's like little bits you can make in this film but i guess like the overall ending message to it i guess for for me made it uh more uh, just enjoyable entertaining and uh uh, and just ended up being just a, a well-rounded, good film to watch for Christmas time. Yeah, and I didn't expect it to go in the way that it did with like all these obstacles in the way. And then Santa just kind of trying to remind people of what Christmas is about and how he feels about it. And then him going through like a moment of uh, of like self-doubt even. Yeah. And it was just interesting because it, it humanized Santa Claus yeah. in, in a way. And... It was interesting to see all of that, and I didn't expect that from this film. I, I could, I don't know. I, I expected kind of the more like uh, Santa Claus, like the magical Santa Claus, like fixing everything, and everything was going to be like perfect automatically. Yeah. No obstacles, nothing that felt more like humanizing. And uh, it was interesting to see that kind of story. And I completely agree. I definitely want to uh, have this movie added to the list of. Uh, you got to watch it every Christmas, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, like you said, a well-rounded Christmas movie, and I think that's why it's a classic. Yeah, and it's uh, it's pretty short, even though it's you know an hour and forty-one uh, minutes. Like mm-hmm. it, it felt you know it went by fast because I don't know it was enjoyable to watch and never really felt like it was some sort of like downtime. Like oh, we can just skip this part. Yeah, there, there was none of that. I felt like uh, everything was uh, engaging. And uh, you could just miss some of the jokes, I feel like. Uh, oh, right. Because, yeah. again, this is like an older film, maybe a little bit more dialogue mm-hmm. heavy. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, when you did catch one of the jokes, it was, you know, it was really good. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. It was hilarious. And, uh, yeah, I mean, even today, like we're saying, it still, like, stands the test of time, even in from 1947. Yeah. So uh, there we have it. The 1947 Christmas Classic. Miracle on 34th Street. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of The End Credits. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The End Credits Podcast, and over on Twitter at The End Credits. If you're watching the video version, make sure to subscribe to The End Credits YouTube channel. That's it. Thank you, and goodbye. You've got this lovely apartment. I don't think it's lovely. I want a backyard with a great big tree to put a swing on and... I guess you can't get it, huh? I didn't say that. No. Well, it's a tall order. But I'll do my best. May I keep this picture? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Good night, sir. Good night, Mr. Crankle.